0: All right, this is Electric Skatecast, episode five. Wow. Uh, I am, yeah, episode five, five in. I am your host, G R GR. as always. My co-host is official Terminal X. In the house. This week, since we've been kind of quarantined, we're just going to be talking about writing, different habits of writing, uh, what we prefer, pros and cons, uh, writing during the pandemic itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we'll delve into some tips for new riders at the end, but just to kind of get things rolling, obviously with the recent pandemic and quarantine, the streets have been empty mm-hmm. a lot of people have been riding, whether True. it's solo or small group yeah. um and it's been nice we've been we've been doing it uh we've been riding quite a bit, obviously being uh close proximity to each other regularly it's okay for us to do. Two-person rides, um, but many other riders have to solo ride. True that. As Um, they should. As they should. Social distancing is key right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the nice thing about riding is you're pretty much social distancing at any time. So even if you bump into other riders along the way and they want to join you, you can keep that social distance, but still have a good time riding together.
1: Yeah, it's not—it's not hard to keep six feet apart usually on an electric skateboard. In fact, some would prefer it, such as myself.
0: Yeah, I—I I would argue that it's probably a benefit to social distance when riding in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but since all of this has started, we've been able to get a lot of riding in. Uh, we've done some trail riding, some street riding, some mm-hmm. night riding, some day riding. So to get things started i just want to talk about riding in general uh during the day
1: what are the pros and what are the cons who riding riding in the day riding uh, during the daytime yes yeah, so uh pros are uh the biggest one is visibility you can not only can people see you but uh in michigan we have these things called potholes yeah and uh they sneak r- right up on you in the middle of the night when you're riding um and having that visibility to be able to see farther down the road and kind of uh, plan where your next turn or dodge or slide is going to be uh, super important and makes the ride less mm, anxiety filled because you yeah. don't know when your next, you know, moon crater is going right. to sneak up on you.
0: Right. One thing, though, in counter to that is mm-hmm. I feel during the daytime drivers are less aware of their surroundings because they feel more comfortable mm-hmm. because it's daytime for them. So while we may be more comfortable riding, they also are more comfortable and are less aware. Absolutely. So, yes, it's also a pro to be more visible and you're having to be less aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a con because drivers are the same
1: way. Yeah, they're just an autopilot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And an example of this is we were riding (laughs) the other day during the day. It was it was daytime. it was broad daylight. uh, We're just riding in a bike path. Uh, very clearly marked bike path on a straightaway road and we had a car on our left yep. and a car in front of us on our left mm-hmm. and the car in front of us uh lovely old couple
1: oh yeah bless their hearts
0: Were not paying attention at all at and all and cut us off i was a mere inches away from slamming in the back of their car they slammed on their brakes and swerved into the bike lane because uh, they wanted to look and see if their favorite local restaurant was open or not.
1: I'm telling you what, I, I, when I saw it, so I was behind you when this happened Uh, probably 50 feet, so enough, plenty of time for me to dodge, but as I saw it happen, for a sp- a few seconds i thought this was intentional i should get out my phone and film because something's about to go down and as i passed them right. i look i wanted to look in their car because i thought are they gonna as i passed them are they gonna gun it and try and hit me or something i, right. I it it seemed so purposeful uh, the way they brake yeah, you yeah even though you were you were right there they passed you i watched them pass you they they were very visible of where or they had a lot of visibility of where i was Absolutely. they could clearly see me mm-hmm.
0: Um, and on top of that, there was two people in the car. So yeah. the first person didn't see me. The second person <laughs> had to have, or it would be very unlikely that they both
1: missed me. And, and as I passed them, I, I looked into their, you know, into their car just to be like, what in the world's going on in that car? And they didn't, they weren't looking at either of us. They yeah. were straight up looking into that building. Yeah. Um, they
0: were looking into the building, trying to see if it was open or not, but that kind of Ties in the fact that, like, people are way less aware during the day. Mm -hmm, Um, True that. You also get a lot of people that drive during the daytime that don't normally drive at night. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my grandparents, they don't really drive at night. They're older. They try and drive during the daytime when they can see everything clearly. It doesn't necessarily help them all the time. But you also get people that are, like, young New drivers, uh, mm-hmm. people with driver permits that are learning to drive, right. they have restrictions where they can only drive during the day in some states. Um, so, just another con of riding during the day is you get a lot more people out and about.
1: Oh, absolutely! Area yeah, traffic has increased maybe tenfold at least in our city. Uh, Grand Rapids tends to shut down pretty early at night, especially on the weekdays. So, yeah, during the day. Uh, a lot more lane splitting. You've got large buses out. You've got people running yellow lights. Yeah, I mean, there's just more opportunities to roll the dice Right in the day. I mean, that's going to come, I think, in most areas. Yeah.
0: Um, and then as far as night riding goes, many pros, um, less traffic. True. There are more people out and about, so you kind of get a little bit more exposure. It makes the ride, in my opinion, a little bit more fun. Yep. Um, you kind of get the people hooting and hollering at oh, yeah. you as you
1: ride by. Yeah, you're building the community Absolutely. as you ride by. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're building up the community. You're building up some hype. Um, it's what makes the group ride itself so fun um, mm-hmm. is, is jamming out with all of your buddies, whether yep. you have uh, an earpiece in listening to music in one ear so you can still be aware of what's going on around you, mm-hmm. or if you have a speaker uh, you know, on your hip
1: where you're listening to music. Mm-hmm. It just adds to that dynamic. Absolutely. Um, I would also like to point out blinking yellows are amazing. Yeah. Should you still look while you're crossing? Yes. You know, it's a yellow for a reason, you know, caution. But blinking yellows, man, at 2 in the morning when it's just – when the streets are deserted and you can just cruise downtown, especially here in Grand Rapids, uh, man, it, it it's hard to beat. It's one of the reasons why I love late, late-night rides, despite not being a, a, a night owl myself. I just love those empty streets and blinking yellows. It's a great combo for an electric skateboard rider
0: yeah absolutely and it, it there's definitely still that uh yield of when you come up to that blinking yellow kind of double check make sure there's nobody flying oh, yeah. through it but i feel much more comfortable going through a blinking yellow than i would coming up to a blinking red or a solid red and saying mm-hmm. okay there's no traffic around is it okay for me to go absolutely am i following bike laws by like going during green lights red lights etc
1: mm-hmm.
0: um Obviously, you always want to try and adhere to all traffic uh, rules and regulations of your area yep. um, and only do what you are comfortable doing, mm-hmm. but at night, it definitely makes it a lot
1: easier when you have one less thing to worry about. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, just having the fewer cars on the street um, in, in a lot of areas of downtown Grand Rapids, right, you have the two lanes, you have the left lane and the right lane, so fewer vehicles and more space. Yeah. I mean, it's an e-boarder's dream.
0: Yeah, there's nothing more enjoyable than carving across two lanes of traffic at 2 a.m. on a nice, empty, smooth road. Ah, man, it's hard to beat, especially with some music. Absolutely. Um, And one thing that I, on the reverse side, I think is a negative of night riding is your visibility is much less. Absolutely. Um, Both in the fact that you can't see as far, uh, things blend in with the pavement when it's black out or dark out. (laughs) True. True and on top of that people don't see you
1: yeah at all yeah man reflective reflective material um i wear a red light on the back of my helmet usually and now i kind of have this iron man piece chest piece that goes on my chest uh, that i wear at night as well as, as a red piece on the back too um so people can see me um i usually have it flashing so, because that flashing light they say tends to attract more attention than just a solid light, right? And then, uh, so I can see things. I found that while shred lights and you know the, the chest Iron Man harness, those are good so people can see me, I found that a good mini high powered flashlight in my hand is much more usable, um, for seeing because I can point it in any direction, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: well, they make very high quality gear to make you more visible, um, such as like running vests and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, they have, whether it's high-vis tape on them, um, high-vis light rigs, Mm -hmm. like you're talking about where you actually strap it on. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree that a handheld flashlight will go in the right direction of being more visible than anything else, mostly Mm -hmm. because one, it's easy to change the batteries on two, you can point it to exactly where you're seeing And three, uh, if somebody is driving at you, you can kind of blink it or flash it at them so they can see you and be more visible. Obviously, you want to respect the drivers as well and not be like shining it in their eyes. Uh, But it is very nice to, you know, blink it at somebody or blink it in the direction you're going to turn. Um, Using it in different ways to emphasize what you're going to be doing as a rider um, to those people in the surrounding area definitely helps.
1: Yeah, two two small points. Did you know that Lazy Roller makes a reflective uh, hoodie, a reflective I, hoodie? I did not know that. I I don't know how much of it is their design versus them incorporating it from an existing manufacturer, but the, yeah, they actually sell a reflective hoodie. I um, do know. Um, another shout out
0: to Lazy Rollers. They do have some pretty cool, like light armbands mm-hmm. and leg yeah. bands, um, and that's kind of a cool thing that um, ties into like the light rig that you wear on your chest. It's Mm -hmm. something that you can strap onto your wrists, your arms, your ankles to help grow that visibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one thing that like lazy rollers, I think as a whole does very well at is emphasizing rider safety. So it's protective gear, visibility gear, um, all sorts of things to increase your safety while riding. Um, Mm -hmm. and lazy rollers is like probably one of the top tier for that, um, I don't know of any others that are emphasizing the visibility factor um, and the safety factors such as lazy rollers. Um, I know Shred Lights, they say that their lights are high-vis and things like that, Mm -hmm. but I also think that they do it based on the fact that they want to project light out in front of the board so you can see and be more visible that way. Sure. Whereas lazy rollers is more about safety.
1: Um, They're not trying to project light. They're just trying to show exactly where you, the rider, are. Mm -hmm. My second point, uh, a little bit on the note of the shred lights, is that we have a rider (laughs) who carries such, in in our group here for Grand Rapids Eastgate, he carries such a powerful flashlight that when we're riding and he'll turn around to talk to me about something, Mm -hmm. he's actually blinded me a few times. So it's actually backfired. Yeah. uh and 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 caught me off guard and I actually had to shut my eyes while riding in the dark which is pretty terrifying but it was better than facing that super bright flashlight yeah. so please be careful where you shine that thing just cuz somebody's in a car doesn't mean you know they're trying to be a threat you know and and purposefully shining that in their face yeah uh, not a good idea um and it will blind them yeah, especially if it's one of those really powerful flashlights so be yeah, careful yeah absolutely um <clears throat> so
0: Obviously, there's pros and cons of riding during the day and night. But there's also pros and cons of riding, whether it's a weekday or a weeknight. I personally think riding during weekdays at night is the optimal time. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a lot less traffic. People are Mm not out and about uh, cruising the streets unless they're doing physical activity or Mm -hmm. getting groceries or something like that. So your traffic is a lot less if you're riding Mm -hmm. after like 5, 6 p.m. But you also get low traffic on like late weekends so sunday nights sunday mornings sunday or nights are good yeah. saturday mornings barely anybody's out saturday morning yeah. um but then you also have the reverse of like saturday and friday nights are awful like i would never ride a friday night or a saturday night unless i was visible and had lights and a large a group lot of people
1: yeah a large group there's definitely power in the group there one thing that's important to note though is that these you know, electric skateboards have originated and continue to dominate in the personal commute, right, the last mile vehicle. So a lot of people, whether they like it or not, are riding these things during busy times, the peak rush hours. hour. Right, what? yeah. Um, so I think the people that, that ride more for fun, like I don't really commute with mine anymore. I might ride mine to class or to the, to the grocery store, but that's a pretty small distance. Uh, riding to and from work, a, a lot of people do. And, uh, I think that changes the game a lot. If you're using it more for utilitarian purpose, um, you're going to be riding during those busy times. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um,
0: I, I mean, I used to be, I used to use my board for commuting purposes, basically strictly for that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was about two, three mile, uh, direction and I definitely stuck more to sidewalks when I was commuting. Uh, mostly because there is a lot more traffic, and two, a lot of people are in a rush when they're in the middle of a workday. Um, so I found that I was tending to hop on sidewalks uh, on busier streets and avoiding traffic, and by all means. Mm-hmm. Now, once I switched to be more of a hobby rider, um, now that I drive to work, um, since my work is like fifteen miles away, right? Um, it's not as ideal. I found that I'm not afraid to ride in traffic as much anymore. Maybe because I'm not seeing it as much and I'm more ignorant to it. Um, Could be. But I also wear full face helmet. I wear long pants, long shirt almost every time I ride. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm going to be doing aggressive riding like in Chicago um, or other parts of the you know, busy parts of Grand Rapids, I usually pad up. So it, it really depends, I guess, on what the area i'm going to be riding in
1: yeah i agree um i think we've also been riding for a couple more years now i I would add that into the factor as well um and you know we've both ridden in large cities now very large cities and um i think it's worth noting as well that when we talk about these commutes and riding downtown we're talking about a city much smaller than chicago or new york or la absolutely way fewer bike paths and while it can get packed downtown in terms of cars, in terms of uh, the amount of cars per square, whatever block, um, I still see a, a huge potential for cars to just floor it downtown and hit 40 very easily down some of the main streets um, as soon as they feel like they get a breakaway, which just isn't possible in Manhattan or Chicago uh, during rush hour. It's bumper to bumper. You're crawling, right. and, and that's where the last-mile vehicle uh, comes into play. But in our city... I feel that having less traffic actually can play into being slightly more dangerous because it emphasizes the cars to speed up because there's there's fewer cars on the street, right? You, so you just lay down the gas, and with fewer bike lanes, you end up on the sidewalk because you just don't feel safe with these cars flying yeah. down the street, yeah, in absolutely. my opinion.
0: No, and that makes sense. I mean, in New York, uh, Chicago, these areas where they get bumper-to-bumper traffic – you definitely see a lot more borders like lane splitting, yep. um, following bike paths that normally we wouldn't take, um, and I think a large part of that is they're trying to get from point A to point B in the most effective way. Yep. Um, and in Chicago and New York, uh, Boston, cities like that, they're used to people splitting lanes, mm-hmm. um, so it's not something where the drivers are necessarily going to be more aggressive towards you. Right. If we were, if we split lanes in our city people tend to look at us like we're crazy um I've, I've even had people comment on posts that i've made like oh my god what are you doing that's so dangerous right um, i am too but in reality it feels safer for me to lane split so i don't get slammed into by the car behind me um, right or, you're not pinned
1: in between two cars you're right at the front of the right line.
0: right or at the uh example of earlier from the bike path i don't have a car swerving into me mm-hmm. um, most people when we're lane splitting are stuck at lights yeah and we're trying to get up to the front so that we can avoid the traffic
1: yeah it's very rare in our city for us to be lane splitting while two lanes of cars are moving because right. they're usually moving much faster than 25 miles an hour even though that's the speed limit in our downtown grand rapids like i said fewer cars they're just gonna gun it until they're getting to wherever they need to get to um and then my final point that i just thought of I don't know as much about Chicago, but but places like Manhattan that are primarily one-way streets, where you have multiple lanes, so you have a slow lane and a fast lane, way more conducive for something like an electric skateboard. Where a car, if it's not if it's fed up with you, can just pass you on the left, right, right, um, and then it creates that opportunity for lane splitting. Here in Grand Rapids, we don't have as many one ways. We don't definitely don't have a grid system like New York. It's much much smaller, and um, I think that would be more ideal for e-boarding but i think just uh cleaner and more bike lanes would would be enough for me i'd I'd be happy with that
0: yeah and that is definitely one thing that's nice about um, new york and chicago is they both have some pretty large dedicated bike lanes bike paths Mm -hmm. um, things that go along the coast or along river walk um, things like that that we don't really necessarily have here in our city we definitely have some bike lanes but usually they're combined with the road they're not like their own separate freeway for bikes. It's, yep. it's just, oh, here's a, a right lane of the road that's dedicated to bikes.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, quote will, unquote. Yeah, and it will appear and disappear pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden people are angry that you're in the lane, even though there was a bike lane there 100 feet ago. It, yeah. it happens. It's unfortunate. Um, I see the direction heading in a positive, positive direction for Grand Rapids, thankfully. I think it's going to be a very slow and painful process as Michigan is very automobile-centered.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the advances in uh, electric mobility, Mm -hmm. the number of people starting to use it, I think a lot of big cities are going to start seeing that change as well, Um, especially with companies like Bird, Lime Scooter, um, Mm -hmm. all these other scooter rental companies. They all are in these major cities and they need that infrastructure of bike lanes, bike paths, sidewalks that are quality enough that they can rent their scooters out and not have people get into accidents. (laughs) True. Um, because with those companies, they ask you to wear a helmet, but most people don't. And a lot of people have been getting hurt riding these things because they're not wearing helmets. Um, whereas a lot of uh, people like us, UC riders, scooter riders that mm-hmm. actually buy their scooters, we all recognize the need for helmets, oh, the yeah. need for protective gear. Um, so I think that plays a big part of it as well. So with that visibility aspect, I kind of touched on it briefly um, Writing in a group, obviously, you have a little bit more confidence mm-hmm. in your mind. What is the ideal group size for our city, um, and what do you think the ideal group size is for larger cities? Um, you've kind of had some experience mm-hmm. riding in NYEF, where you were in a group of like two hundred people, mm-hmm. and you've also had experience riding with, uh, you know, two people. So, yep. In your mind, what do you think is the ideal group size for the varying city types?
1: Yeah, I would say in this, in this scenario, are we assuming that everybody's riding similarly speed boards? Yeah, I would okay. assume
0: it's, it's mostly, uh, riders of our caliber, people that have been riding for a year or two. Obviously okay. there's always a couple new riders that kind of get mixed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously with our group, we try and put them in kind of the middle so they yep, know exactly uh, there's somebody in front of them and somebody behind them that can kind of guide them. Um, so we're, we're just going off of that example.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would say, oh, man. Well, we've never ever had more than 12, and that was like hurting cats, but we were just unprepared for it. Right. Um, and I have a video on that, and you can just see people getting split off left and right with yellow lights. you got a bunch of one-wheelers in there that they just tend to go a, a slower speed um, than the other high-powered boards. So I, I would say somewhere between 6 and 12 is is perfect for me. Uh, four is a blast too. Four is its own. You're just having a squad of riders, especially if you're all going at a very similar speed, is man. That's hard to beat. That's a lot right. of fun. Um, but no, six six to twelve, especially now that we, we kind of know what we're doing a little more in terms of organizing group rides, uh, I think it's perfectly manageable for a city our size. We we have control of the the street definitely with that with that six to twelve number. Um. With regards to larger groups, um, I would say, you know, a, a good 20 to 30 with squads of 7 to 10 are, are are straight, given, you know, red lights cutting up the group. If everybody kind of has a squad leader, uh, somebody that you follow that knows where they're going, and you just stick with them no matter how fast or slow they're going, I think you'll tend to have more of a manageable uh more more enjoyable group ride uh unless you know where you're going in which case you know you can bounce from from squad to squad right but I, when i'm in other cities i don't know where i'm going so i usually pick somebody with a similar board to me and i kind of keep them in front of me but but yeah as as to what you said earlier keeping new people in the middle is one of the most important things for organizing group rides in my opinion because you they're not they're not lost yeah, there's somebody exactly. ahead of them pointing the right. way and there's always somebody behind them, not just to, uh, keep them organized, but to keep cars from getting close to them. So they're they're less nervous. So there's not a, you know, a giant bus, uh, right on their, their skateboard tail. And I think it just keeps them in a lot more comfort. You can easily communicate cause there's plenty of people around them. Um, and you just kind of sort of creating a, uh, a bubble of experienced riders around them. I think yeah. it can't be, um, emphasized enough.
0: Well, I think you touched on a good point as well. Um, When you're in a group ride situation um, where you are newer or unfamiliar with the territory, finding a rider with a similar board as you is a great idea. Um, Whether you're finding somebody who has a boosted board or you're finding somebody who has a Meepo or a Mm -hmm. Day or a LaCroix, whatever your board you're riding, you want to find somebody that's in a similar board um, or on a similar board or similar e-mobility um, some people use EUCs, but you want to find somebody that's in that same group as you, mm-hmm. because it's going to be easier for you to one keep up with them. Two, right. if you have issues with your board, they're going to have more experience knowing how to. Oh yeah. Manage Definitely. the problem, um, especially if they're experienced writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, if your battery dies, chances of one of them having something to replace your battery. Or having something like that to help you get along is going to be much higher. Fast charger. Um, Now, we've definitely ridden with mixed groups. Oh, yeah. When we were in Chicago, I had uh, Boosted XR die because I was, like, flooring it the whole way. Right. Um, I ended up getting towed by a couple one-wheelers. Something um, you never thought would happen. Which I never thought would happen. (laughs) But it was was the greatest experience of all time. Um, I basically had these two one wheel guys and they were, I I don't remember their names, but they were absolutely amazing.
1: Shout out Um, to them. Shout out to the Chicago one group group group. of guys.
0: They, they basically towed me like a mile. Um, (laughs) And and it was, it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Um, It was like bitter, cold out, windy. My board was dead. I had actually had my board die because I was towing another person on their boosted so it was basically like this tow train so I towed a boosted guy who showed up late and he only had an SR battery I was like oh I'll just tow him I got an XR then my XR died so I got towed by some one wheels and by the time we got to the charging location basically everybody was dead all the boosted boards were dead the one wheels were dead Um, but it was a really cool dynamic of having like these mixed group of riders Um, but it was very difficult to be towed by a one wheel we had to have some space between us we had to use a tow strap. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I could just grab his hand and he could pull me um, because one wheels obviously have to focus on balancing oh, as, yeah. on top of gaining speed and slowing down. Um, luckily with my board, the boosted you're able to break. Um, and I think most boards you can break once your battery is depleted. Yep. But if you are on a board that can't do that and you're getting towed behind a one wheel, it's going 15, 16 miles per hour. Um, that's a very, ideal situation for you to crash if you <laughs> don't know how to foot brake or do something like that. True
1: that. I, and I remember talking to uh, Joe, the leader of Chicago Skate last time and he <laughs> talked about when we had to tow. Andrew Stroh, Sly Doc Stroh, uh, Sh- Chicago's one wheel ambassador, one of the best one wheelers in the world. I would arguably. argue he is Mm-hmm. One uh, of the
0: best, yeah, yeah, easily top five in the world. And shout out to Andrew Stroh. I think his birthday was yesterday. So happy really, birthday, well, happy Andrew birthday, Stroh.
1: Andrew. Here's to many more miles of floating. Um, and on that note, his uh, he had an older one wheel at the time, and it, the battery died. And, and I remember talking to to Joe from Chicago about pulling him, and he later told me on on the show here that uh, turns out. Uh, getting yanked on a one wheel by somebody on a booster board is extremely difficult apparently yeah. because it messes with that balance and you're a using lot of that core balance. strength I would have mentioned. Yeah. And, and keeping that one wheel point in the right direction, but not getting towed so hard that you're, uh, I don't know, nose diving or something. I, it seems yeah. more delicate than I had first imagined when I just, you know, when we first had him grab our backpacks and yanked him to the front of the pack. Yeah. We thought it was just another day in the In the, on the, in street. the life of a one wheel, yeah. Right, yeah. No, apparently that's really hard to do. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to all you one wheelers towing people and getting towed because uh, that takes some expert skill.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also you've ridden in large groups like NYEF. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you think in a large setting like that, it makes sense to have 100 plus riders or was
1: it too many, too chaotic for such a compact area? Yes and no. Uh, Yes, there is an absolute advantage to having 100 plus people uh, riding with you Uh, a maximum visibility. Yeah. You can't not notice a hundred plus riders yeah. screaming down with lights. And I'm pretty sure it was a truck horn, but definitely like the air horns and stuff and smoke, smoke grenades bombs and things smoke like bombs. that. Yeah. yeah. I don't approve of the smoke bomb, by the way, it smelled awful. Um, I didn't share that part of the video. I cut that part out, but it, I was gagging pretty hard under my helmet <laughs> when I ran into that. Uh, anyways. Uh, so yeah, maximum visibility, maximum fun. It's just fun to own the streets with, with all the people of your kind. Uh, It's awesome, man. There's, yeah. There's that that group unity that and it's and it's on a national level at NYEF. Cons, um, yeah, absolute chaos. You're more likely to run into another e-board than a car, in my opinion. I, it, it was close. A couple wheels got got touchy touchy a couple times, but it, it's one of those things where if you everybody knows where they're going and everybody knows the end destination, or people know what the plan is and they're going to go do something else because they're familiar with the streets of Manhattan and this is their native riding grounds, Right. then if it's a little chaotic, if everybody knows where they're going and everybody's safe, the leaders can only ask of so much. Right. I'm pretty sure the moment we crossed the Williamsburg Bridge to go from Brooklyn to Manhattan, we lost, I'm sure we lost 40 riders instantly who went off to go do their own thing because they had different types of vehicles, they had a different route in mind, right. and they, they met up with us later that night. Right. But I guarantee you, um, Ernesto from uh, from Cali NYC was gone as as soon as we got into Manhattan. Yeah. I'm sure he had his own crew of of very high-powered boards um, that wanted to do some shredding. Uh, I knew uh, the guys from Flatland 3D were in a group of their own. They ended up in Times Square. I never saw Times Square, so I don't know how they got there. But but as long as there's a group leader who's kind of getting everybody to the charging destination... I can't say no to a little chaos because one of the best parts about e-mobility is that freedom and the independence. Right. And who am I, a newcomer to tell somebody who's grown up in Manhattan, Hey, you got to stick with the pack. You can't do a side trip or right. anything like that. It'd be like somebody coming from Chicago and telling us how to ride in Grand Rapids. Yeah, it just absolutely. wouldn't make sense. They just wouldn't do that. Yeah. I get the unity in the organization. Um, for a lot of uh, efficiency levels um, especially if you are responsible for people but if the new riders are taken care of man there's gonna be a lot of running yellow lights and there's little you can do about it yeah yeah
0: and i think when you're in such a large pack like that um, running a red light running a yellow light whatever the case when you have that much visibility mm-hmm. um, i'm not condoning it but i would definitely say that's probably the safest time to do it Um, Is when you have a
1: hundred other people doing it with you, I reluctantly agree with you. However, it's the lemmy mentality. Yeah. They specific, they explicitly told us at the beginning, don't run red lights. That rule was followed maybe 30% of the time. And I'm not blaming the leaders. 100% not their fault. Right. They stopped for red lights. But there was this, hey, it's a yellow still. I'm sure I can make it. Oh, yeah. I'm in the middle of the red. Oh, well, my friend's back there. I can't let him get lost, so he'll just sneak off the red with me. And that's how it happens. Right. That said, red lights did chop up the, the convoy of, it was between 100 and 150 plus riders two probably groups of, of 20 or so and it kind of chopped it up nicely and, and you did you had different sort of squads so yeah. I ended up following oh, I forgot who I was following I was following um, Tom for uh, the first half of the, of the ride um, before we charged he's the former boosted ambassador in New York City yep um, great guy and then I ended up following Mario who's the overall NYC eboarding collective. Um, leader and I ended up with a with him with like a squad of ten at the end of the night. Yeah. We, we the the red lights kept chopping people up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it all depends on the group you're riding with. But regardless, avoid running red lights. Um, yeah, again, I don't it. condone it. Um, there's obviously a time and a place. If it's two a.m. <laughs> and you clearly see there's nothing around for miles, um, that's one thing. Or if you're in a large pack, that's another thing. But I would never condone it. I don't think it's a good idea, um, but there is a time and a place.
1: Yeah. I. You will never catch me on paper saying it's okay to run a red light. I'm coming out officially against it. Yeah. However, I understand. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it.
0: With the recent pandemic, we've been doing a lot of riding um, on the streets. We've been mm-hmm. kind of scouting out new routes for rides. Yep. Um, we've also been doing some trail riding. Um, to that we took a new rider out uh for their first time, um oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yep, so there's definitely some pros uh to riding during this craziness um of being quarantined and stuck in home and things like that um mm-hmm. but there's definitely some massive advantages when it comes to riding on trails. What do you think is the best parts of trail riding um and what do you think are some of the worst
1: parts, yeah? Uh, best parts of trails are you're the largest vehicle, yeah. generally speaking. You're the largest and the fastest. You're the, uh, the king of the jungle. Um, there's very little that can keep up with you. Um, you have that freedom of not having to worry about uh, traffic and traffic lights and that stuff. You might have the occasional stop sign. Um, but generally speaking, bikes and strollers, uh, assuming the trails are wide enough for you to pass them, will almost never be a bother to you uh cons uh finding a charging spot can be trickier uh it's definitely not as widespread as oh there's a coffee shop or a bar to just pop into and right. charge it's definitely of you need to know where you're stopping and where the outlets are before you get there um yeah. in case you're wrong because you might be four miles out you know millennium park like we right. ended up like last summer and yeah, there's a little bit out. more planning involved yeah and trail yeah, riding got, yeah we got kicked out by the cops you know because it was dusk quote unquote and we couldn't charge there and we were basically kick pushing at that point back to some random Yeah, we restaurant. kick pushed
0: pretty far. Um, and I think that brings up a good point. Um, and that's something that Chicago Battery Systems has kind of alleviated. Um, they have those external packs um, so that if you do need like a last minute juice up um, or if you're not able to find a charging place, um, they basically created a little pack that can charge a boosted board like one and a half times um, Interesting. And, and they're relatively inexpensive for what you're getting um, it charges an XR battery it one charges and a half times? an XR battery one and a half times um, is the last I checked um, obviously they can do different things and customize them um, but in those situations when you're going to be doing trail riding having an alternative power solution is probably preferred um -hmm. or bringing an extra battery whether it's a standard range smaller battery a larger battery whatever
1: which we've done yeah
0: but having a backup battery is probably a good idea
1: yeah i would yeah especially if you don't know where your final destination is and you're kind of guesstimating range and mileage uh if you don't know where the outlet is and you don't know if it works um tread lightly and maybe have money left over for an uber ride or something like that i I I've always thought of that when we've gone to to Rockford or something. I've always said, okay, like worst case scenario, like how do we get somebody home? Right. Because we can't pull people, you know, nine miles. You can't miles. pull people nine miles, yeah. It, uh, not my boards anyways. Uh, I mean, maybe some people's boards could, but mine can't. Yeah, I would say a majority of boards wouldn't be ideal for towing someone a nine-mile stretch. Exactly, yeah. So, so as a group leader especially, if you're planning group rides with your friends, I highly encourage you. Do the ride yourself once or twice. it, it alleviates so much anxiety for oh am I gonna be kick pushing for the next three miles this very right. heavy board. Um, it, it allows you to let your other people know what's coming down the, the pipeline and, and how much farther to charging. So when we do our our, our very famous much loved ride to Rockford, um, I have all I have markers uh for that stretch when we're riding, so I know when we go under XYZ bridge, that's exactly yeah, you need this much battery yeah exactly. so then I can check with everybody while we're riding, hey, how's your range, how's your range um, just so that I know that everybody's gonna make it there or if I need to go grab a tow strap.
0: Well, I think that's another thing too is planning those rides yourself. Um, you should scout them out like you mentioned. you mm-hmm. need to figure out what mode to be riding in. Oh, yeah. um, most boards have like a beginner, mediate mode, and then like an expert mode. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the longer distance rides, you're usually riding in the mediate mode. Um, sometimes if you're running real low on battery, you might have to swap over to that beginner mode to make like that last like half mile stretch. Um, I know I've had to do that a couple of times on some of the longer routes, um, which is, it's not super fun. But I'd rather get there slowly than have to kick push half mile.
1: With two belt motors.
0: With two belt motors. Um, Not that it's undoable and I've done it um, but it's definitely not preferred. Um, So when you're planning out those rides, figuring out distance, figuring out ride modes, um, terrain like hills and things like that, especially for these trail rides where you don't have a ton of charging stations, I would argue that's probably the top priority is figuring out where to charge and the distance that you're going to be traveling.
1: Yep, have the charging destinations pre-planned out. Make sure that if it's a bar or restaurant that they're cool with it, that they know that, hey, you're about to have a, a gaggle of people being loud and boisterous and dragging in very large electric platforms. Um, and I find that if I if I call ahead and let them know, then we show up, it's much less surprising than like, hey, can me and 20 of my friends come in and, right. and tear the place up and have a right. you know, potential electrical hazard going on? Well, um, I'm I- sure some of these larger group rides have, have blown breakers. Oh, absolutely. I was in I was in one when it happened, but that was myef. So I, I don't know if that's if that's the standard, but I'm sure it's happened elsewhere.
0: And I think we tend to frequent the same spots when we ride, um, mm-hmm. same restaurants, same bars. So at least they have an expectation when they see us roll up. Um, whether it's four of us, ten of us, uh, twelve of us, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, people have an expectation when they see us roll up. Yep. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to businesses, bars, restaurants. Uh, grocery stores wherever you charge coffee shops reach mm-hmm. out to them in advance meet with them in advance um, if you're not getting the results you want by talking to like a hostess or uh, a cashier or whatever um, don't be afraid to ask to talk to you the manager see if it's okay see if there's a good spot to put your boards um, we always want to be as non-obtrusive to their business as possible Absolutely, Um, because we want to come back. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the the key. We're we're about building the community. Um, We want to have a place that we can charge. We want to be um, almost a part of that business. Um, We give to them, they give to us, um, and I would also argue don't go anywhere that you're not willing to spend money at, especially if you're going to be using their power. Absolutely. Um, It might be a minimal amount of power, but if it's a coffee shop, buy a coffee. If Absolutely. it's a restaurant, get an appetizer or yeah. something,
1: a Yeah, drink. don't waste their time. Don't just waste their time. Don't just sit and, at their table ta- for an exactly. hour and Exactly, don't waste their table space.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's a big, big part of it as well. Um, you just don't want to be a nuisance to the community. Um, you want to be a good part of it, a uh, mm-hmm. benefit to them when they see you. Um, now, on the flip side, there's also street riding. Oh, yeah. So street riding... Um, There's charging everywhere. There's bars, restaurants, there's outlets attached to lampposts, there's parks, there's all sorts of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there's a lot more traffic, um, so you're having to weave in and out of cars like we mentioned before. Yep. But in your mind, what is the benefit of riding streets
1: as opposed to riding trails? I think there's an added thrill of being not the only vehicle and having that dodge and weave effect and, and having the, the city and the, the, the life of the city around you kind of surround you and envelop you as you're riding through it, especially in a large city. Um, it is tough to beat, man. I would also argue that large cities have more bike paths than say like a small town. So, uh, you know if you, I, I encourage you as somebody who grew up in a, a very small town compared to a lot of these places that have um, big Ebor populations, if you live in a small town, I encourage you to take a weekend and go to a large city, get up meet up with the group ride, um, get with the, the local Eastgate community there and, and see what's going on and, and, and do a weekend there because I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll learn so much and you'll have a blast. I, I've never regretted a single trip. Um, Chicago, Detroit, uh toronto new york city l a they've all been amazing amazing um very welcoming to new people, especially if you let them know in advance and yeah, uh wow. very accommodating yeah absolutely yeah um so i i think there's there's an added flare of adrenaline and fun when you're riding in the city and you kind of have that 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 life and that vibe around you. Um, other pros. Uh, it's it's really easy to just pop into a shop real quick and charge. There's more availability there, like you said, the outlets on the streets too. Um, if you're really if everything's closed or something like that. Um, I, I don't know if the the traffic lights would be a would be a, a pro or a con. Being able to stop and go, I would love to be able to go constantly, but I like the idea of not being hit by a car. So to have traffic lights kind of slow things down. Right. Um there could be an argument made there. Um uh, while I can just kind of skirt right up to the traffic light, the, the right up to the the front of the line there. Yeah. Um yeah, i, I love the ability to just kind of go in not in circles literally, but to kind of do different loops through the city and always know that I'm a mile or two at most away from a place I guarantee I can charge my board or go home because we live downtown technically right. speaking. Um so yeah, I it's easier to get more people down here too because it's a a downtown or a large city is typically centrally located so you can get more of your friends kind of in the middle versus way out in the middle of this trail that's not the same traveling distance for everybody.
0: Well, I think that touches on a good point too. Um, You run into people that are also new riders absolutely Um, most of of the time when we're riding in a group downtown on the streets we're running into new riders new one-wheelers oh yeah people that see it and they go oh my gosh i have to get one of those yep absolutely Um, and that's probably like the biggest form of recruitment for our community is just getting out and riding Um, yeah i don't know how many times our discord has popped up guys, I just found a new rider. I was out oh, riding yeah. the streets, ran into like three one-wheelers. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm getting them all in here. Absolutely. Um, and I'll that's definitely it. been like the biggest benefit of group riding on the street is running into new riders, being able to grow our community, get more mm-hmm. riders. Um, I would argue like every year we've grown by like 15, 20 people. Uh, easily. Um, I think we're on like year three. And right now our, our group is sitting at uh, just above about 50. Wow. So a lot of those are one wheelers too
1: now. Yeah. A lot of one wheelers have joined recently. Shout yeah. out to them.
0: Yeah. Considering we started with just like six of us at the most at and the usually most. like,
1: and usually two or three of us meeting yeah. at a time. Yeah. Uh, it blows my mind. If I could ever have even like, if I could ever lead a group of 20 people, I think I, I don't know if I'd say I'd die happy, but I think I would, yeah. I would, if I, if I could successfully lead the right. group and get all of us home safe and all of us have a blast man that that would be kind of the defining moment for me um, yeah. in our community yeah I do have to ask have you ever noticed <laughs> when we're riding by people right usually you have the couples walking down the street yeah and usually let's say that let's say you know a guy and a girl walking down the street as we're zipping by right especially if there's a lot of us mm-hmm. usually get they're both not sure what they're seeing but you get two different reactions usually right. the girl's like oh, what is that? that's so dorky or it's a scooter or I'll look at them taking up space. And the guy's yeah. like, I got to give me one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's every time, every time I see a couple, I, yeah. I through my helmet, I, I analyze their faces and it's almost always that look of, Oh, yeah. I got to go look, what yeah. the, look up what this is online when I get home Absolutely. tonight. Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's one of the big things that we've been trying to work towards is growing our group, um, going from six people to like 50 plus now um it seems like it was yesterday when we were riding with just six people but just getting out there meeting people riding talking Mm -hmm. to people that's what this hobby in my mind is all about um while yes it's a solo experience riding um cruising getting Mm -hmm. the feel of the flow um it's also very much like a community and a social aspect um riding from point a to point B socializing at point B yep. charging up riding to point C it's all about the experience from start to the end. Um, yeah. And it's definitely much more enjoyable when you're with a group or
1: one or two other riders. Absolutely. And, and I say that and I agree with you as an introvert. I get it. We we have people. I've had people kind of like message me like, "Hey, what's this group all about? Like, what's the vibe? Like, hey, I'm I'm only this old, or hey, I'm really old, or, yeah. or something like that." And yeah. I'm like, "Listen, most of the conversation is going to be about electric skateboards. If you ride the thing, even just for work, you probably don't mind riding it. So we assume that you're like cool talking about it because most people wouldn't ride an electric skateboard to work if they absolutely hated it. Just a theory I'm, I've got going That's on. That's a good theory. And <laughs> furthermore, I, I feel like. A good leadership, and we touched on this when we talked to Joe a little bit. Good leadership is important to kind of keep that group peace and that that um, that good social behavior going on uh, during charging. And you kind of do get little not not clicks per se but different people ride different things or people are interested in different things. And you get friendships built out of electric skateboarding that, that delve into other things. And that's perfectly okay. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I am like the least social person ever. I hate talking to people. That's cool, man. Like just, just be, just just be a part of the group and ride. Yeah. Just be another rider, man. Just, you know, don't hit anybody. Just roll with us and you're one of us and we got your back and you honestly don't have to say a word as long as we can all charge together. Like, you know, sip your tea it's all good man
0: yeah we have no issues with with people just joining up if they just yeah. want to ride um yeah there's no reason to to be intimidated by groups i think groups are always going to be willing to accept others in mm-hmm. um as long as you're just there to have a good time and respect everybody's opinions and space you really can't go wrong um
1: and that's a topic for another day, honestly. That's a grou- topic for another day. Group is, is dynamic. Group, yeah, group yeah. ride politics and dynamics and, and leadership, because that's, yeah. that's made in, in broken communities yeah. before. Absolutely.
0: Um, so final thing before we end for the night, um, what are your top three to five tips for new riders?
1: Okay, so they just bought the board. Is just bought the start?
0: board. Maybe they've skated some in the past.
1: Maybe they okay. haven't. All right. Uh, tip one, maximum protection. At least helmet and gloves. Like Let's let's start off with, with helmet and gloves. Um, you're going to fall. It, it's going to happen. It might be hilariously at 5 miles per hour. It might be very serious. Or you might be the perfect rider right off the get-go and somebody hits you. Either way, something's going to happen. Um, so that would be tip one. It, a lot of people die while doing this kind of things, and it's almost always without a helmet. So I, I can't encourage that enough. So that would be that point one. Point two uh, would be learning the the pros of weight distribution when you're riding in a good stance so you're um, you know you're you're leaning forward your weight on your front foot when you're going forward you know when you're braking, weight on your back foot leaning back you know good bent knees that lower center of gravity to kind of be more in tune with the board instead of standing stiff like a like a twig Um, you're setting yourself up way more for success when you're riding. And you're able to take those bumps and and railroad tracks much better by by having that more athletic stance uh, helps against speed wobbles again getting lower to the ground and, and and using that weight distribution helps emphasize that that muscle memory yeah and and, absolutely. and, and practicing that. Third and final tip, I would say ride defensively, and I kind of stole this from Reddit only because I've heard it a million times from Reddit, don't just ride like they can't see you with regards to cars that's a common one like right like drive or or ride your electric skateboard like they can't see you i would say and and again i i I didn't come up with this i would say ride like they can't see you and they are kind of trying to hit you you know don't you're nobody's gonna think you're cooler and it's not worth the extra 10 seconds you get to work earlier by doing something dumb or, or very foolish with regards to how you ride with other vehicles in the road. Cause you are sharing the road. Yeah. It, it's not yours. Yes. I get it. You know, you don't have a seatbelt, you don't have a vehicle frame around you. So there is an added level of, Hey, you know, use caution when, when driving your car by me, because you know, I'm, I'm on a piece of bamboo with right. four wheels. However, at the end of the day, respect goes both ways. Um, uh, a, a good, gra- gra- gracious wave goes a long way when people are passing you. Hey, thanks for not hitting me. <laughs> That's kind of what I always think every time. Every time you see me wave at a car, I, I do it all the time. I'm always thinking like, Hey, thanks for like letting me get home tonight. Alive. I just assume you're talking with your hands. I do talk with my hands. You talk a lot. with your hands a lot. So. I do talk with my hands a lot. Um, it's it's pretty hilarious. But I'm, when I'm waving at cars as they go by or, or giving them a salute, I'm just trying to establish peace with them and being like, Hey, we're both on the street. I'm going a little slower than you are. Yeah, I'm going a little slower than you are. Let's just roll with it. And you know, hopefully the next time you see me, the experience goes the same and everybody gets home safe. So those would be my three tips for beginning riders. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but I think that's a good place to start. And you'll be well on your way to uh, shredding the streets.
0: I absolutely agree. So I guess that kind
1: of rounds out
0: uh, our segments for this week. Um, I do want to touch quickly on bio boards. They finally... Gave yep. me something to look at on Instagram. Oh, they, um, they showed the full motor and truck setup, mm-hmm. and it looks great. I think they just posted the new deck too. Uh, wow. Deck schmeck. You can you can you can <laughs> oh, attach shots fired. You can attach anything onto a good deck, and it'll be great
1: true this is so
0: uh, assuming they're using decent quality decks yeah it's and a, it's, a, it's a big drop through as long as they're putting some quality motors quality trucks quality wheels all that jazz that's what i care about i want high quality attachments to the deck because anybody can take a two by four and slap oh, some yeah. stuff on it and then wow look at oh, that yeah. you got an electric skateboard so as long as they're using some high quality stuff to build it that's what i want to see so Thank you, BioBoards, for finally posting something for me to to Google it. Um, I, I don't know what you've been talking about. Good. They've
1: been they've been posting stuff for weeks. This is the, this is the first thing that caught your eye. I get it. First thing that caught my eye. Right, I'm I'm fair. still excited, but
0: until I see a complete deck, I think they're using the Stormcore, too,
1: man. I think it's gonna, it it I, them I'm being eager. in Europe will be a different story versus the United States and Canada with regards to Psycho Taylor, NYC, Cali NYC, and and. Um, Lacroix in my opinion uh, them being in Europe m- will they be just the European Lacroix or will they be something bigger I mean that's'll we'll we have to I'd love to talk to them someday once their new product comes out and uh, and really delve into like where they see themselves in the market of last mile yeah, commute
0: absolutely yeah I mean I would love that too
1: um,
0: because there are people like psycho teller uh, and Lacroix and stuff like that that are releasing products and letting me see oh, yeah. them and sure I'm getting stuff every psychotailer puts them out like every week it seems like he's
1: just showing off products of, his, um, of a board that he's sending a customer though i don't know if that's yeah, the but same that's, thing it is kind of the same thing because
0: at least he's giving me something a complete deck to look at
1: but bio boards has released boards in the past
0: yeah but i'm just seeing like bits <laughs> and pieces okay <laughs> when they show me a full complete deck and hopefully talk with us that's right. that's what i'm looking forward all to. all right all right um, bio boards i held you up and also for any of our viewers, uh, while you're out riding solo riding, or social distance riding, feel yes, free please. to, uh, add us on Instagram. We'd love to see your daily routes that mm-hmm. you've been taking, uh, to cope with the quarantine. Absolutely. Um, take pics, take pics, uh, at electric skate We would love to see your daily routes. Um, I just, I just want to see what everybody's up to. Mm-hmm. Um, Because, quite frankly, it's starting to get a little boring uh, being quarantined for 14-plus days. Uh, So let us know what you guys have been up to. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And, as always, uh, feel free to follow us, again, at Electric Skatecast on Instagram. Um, We'd love to hear any feedback. um, And we're just always looking for new content to talk about.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we would love people's feedback on the episode. If you think I missed something uh, on a rider tip or uh, a good piece of insight if you ride regularly with some of the larger groups um in the world uh, slide into our dms uh either electric Skatecast or or mine is fine just let me know um your thoughts on the topic uh i try to chat up everybody i can anybody that messages me i try to have a good conversation with them um and oftentimes i learn stuff and and a lot of stuff you hear on this podcast I've, i've picked up from other riders so by all means share your knowledge i'll do my best to credit you Um, all right. appreciate that. And as always, and until next time,
0: I'm Jay Grand GR and I am with official terminal X and you can
1: follow us at electric skate cast. Thank you and have a good night. Stay safe. Wash your hands.